Hi, my name is Argonit and this is going to be the first episode of the podcast, something I wanted to experiment with for quite a long time. So this is the sort of wide-ranging conversation with my friend Michael, who is the Immortal Bracket player in Dota 2. So we all talk about, I mean, this conversation is about nuances of the patch 7.31 from the carry perspective, mostly. We are also about to discuss some things about the mid lane itself and his specialty, Keeper of the Light at the mid lane. But generally speaking, we will circle around item builds and things that we need to have in mind while playing core heroes. Without further words, please enjoy the conversation with Michael. And I think we can start with one thing I talked about yesterday on the stream. I said that I found agility heroes to be almost unplayable in this patch. And I have noticed that in the chat you have written that you sort of agree, but there is more to it. Can you so, can you expand uh, on that? Okay, uh, finish first. That was it. Okay, so um, the issue with your statement uh, that I have is that uh, you basically say that um, Agility heroes in general are big dispatch. Uh, I don't think that's that much true. Uh, you just need to have uh, good supports that uh, enable you in mid game and in um, laning phase. And uh, if you pick the right hero into the right draft, I think you you can do uh, good um, like um, good stuff uh, mm -hmm. if you have good farm and good uh, good timings. Um, if we take my uh, most favorite uh, agility carry, uh, which is Luna, uh, so. The current uh, the current patch is uh, situated about um, early game stomps because uh, offlaners and midlaners are playing um, super fast game and uh, the problem with uh, most uh, carries uh, that uh, are um, agility based is that they need some farm to do stuff because they mostly have uh, high damage on right click but they don't have that many control uh, spells for example pa juggernaut uh, luna the ranger you mm -hmm. just don't have enough control so you need to have like a good farm to do stuff you know to, to just play uh, hit buildings hit heroes and just uh, play the tempo yourself uh, what i think that uh, is pretty good dispatch is that uh, omni got buffed and that uh, solves most problems of uh, agility carries which is that they are uh, fragile against uh, let's say night stalker or um Primal Beast, uh, the trending uh, offliners. I think I see what you're what you're saying. It's basically that in that one one match, or I would say that in majority of my recent losses, I sometimes get really pissed that uh, I cannot really play my heroes. But I right now I can see that that perspective of, of yours. It's not just about the carry itself, but enabling it for the mid game, because those few games that I have actually won in this patch. And let's say I was dominating with, let's say, more than 20 kills with uh, Templar Assassin and Ursa. In both of those games, when I checked them before like the stream, I noticed that I had a good early game and I was able to scale in a mid game. And then just keep the momentum. So I see what you're saying with that. So um, basically, uh, as I said, Luna is my favorite uh, and um, I have two reasons for that. Um, she is uh, pretty strong in lane. If you have good lane, you can just snowball. If you have bad, if you have bad lane, you can just go jungle and you can catch up really fast. Uh, what I like about her is that um, you can get two items before uh, the enemy carry and 
um, it just puts you in position that uh, at some point you are way way more tanky than the enemy of laner that has like uh, two bracer strats mm-hmm. and he has like almost freak uh, HP. So uh, that's one good thing. And uh, the other good thing that is um, making agility heroes not that bad is actually that um, Orchid got nerfed and you don't see that many mid laners going for Orchid. So for example, Morphling is really good dispatch because he just doesn't have that many counters. When I'm thinking about that, I do agree with the Orchid statement. I haven't been killed with yearly Orchid for, let's say, quite quite a few weeks. Usually mid laners go for that and they have it around, let's say, 12 to 14 minute mark and they just go for me. At least it was like that in the previous patch, but this patch I don't see it that often. So I would agree with that. And bef- before we, m- we move on, I just want to say one thing for the guys in the in the chat. I do see some of your questions, especially from my brother Tainotas, and we will we will get ba- get back to that. Right now, I would I would like to continue with uh, the Luna, because as you said, that even if you have a bad lane with Luna, you can just go into the jungle and somehow even get back and with the proper timing and let's say engagement in one of those following fights, once you have one or two items, you can actually do something. And here comes the question qu- question from me. Let's say, imagine you're playing the Luna and you are now farming out. You see that some of your sports or heroes are dying in a fight and you are obviously not engaging. You need to farm some of those items. What are some, let's say, indicators according to which you know that you should engage in a fight? Are you like, I need BKB. Before that, I'm not going to. I'm not yeah, going to fucking fight. Um, it's uh, hard to say by uh, by general, but when you play the game, you just have to get, have the feeling for it. You, just, you have to ask yourself: uh, Can they kill me if I if I go there when my supports are low HP, or uh, are they going to uh, focus them for next uh, half a minute or minute before I get there? And um, there, it's it's more than just um, sudden decision. You, you just have to think ahead. Like uh, if if my team engages a fight, can I can I join them? And if you and if you decide that you want to join them and you can join them, then you need to be farming in places that are close to the objectives where the enemy is most likely uh, to uh, push or uh, fight. But you also have to be careful around uh, places where you can get smoking. So uh, in most cases, it's best to farm in triangle because it's the safest and it's the closest to two lanes. And if your team defends middle or uh, pu- uh, pushes the uh, bottom lane, you can always join them and fight them. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think that's good. But uh, with, with Luna in general, uh, all you pretty need is lifesteal and BKB. And if you have one one support that can just buff you or uh, protect you like Trient or Grimstroke or uh, as I mentioned Omni, then you can definitely join uh, early game fights because uh, you have a good ultimate that deals uh, high damage if someone close gaps you. And if not, you can just spam beams and just guide around. I think Luna is, is a pretty good carry for uh, that reason. Hmm. That was a really good answer. And also one thing I would like to add to that, I completely agree that Dota is so complicated and there are so many variables, so many aspects of the game that you cannot just say, oh, you need this one thing and with this one thing, now you can finally fight. So I completely get that. I just wanted to get closer to that, let's say, to those aspects that people need to think about and especially me when I'm playing, I'm also asking for, for myself because yes, sometimes I just tell myself, oh, can I actually enjoy, can I actually join the fight without dying? If the answer is no, I will not engage in a fight. 
and that's the general rule of thumb that I use, for example, for the Weaver. If I know that I cannot go in, I cannot go in without dying, I just do not engage. And I try to do something else. So that something else can be farming in the jungle. If, let's say, we are playing against the Spirit Breaker who can just charm me all around the map. Or split pushing, trying to force the enemy actions to myself. So they are not, let's say, pushing. I just try to split them and create space for, let's say, my mid laner or off laner to do their thing. Or just cut the wave if we are later in the game. And uh, one thing that I forgot to mention is... Um... If you want to have good agility carry, like a good good laning phase, then you have to know. Uh, then you have to know uh, how to lane uh, properly. You have to have impact when you are already laning, because let's say Luna. Uh, every time you can just hit the enemy heroes. Uh, if you can hit them and they are low HP, if if it's uh, Night Soccer, uh, for example, then he can't really engage you because. Uh, Luna is a hero that can stand her ground, she has high uh, armor, she has good movement speed, she has good damage. And uh, I think, uh, especially with, with her passive that you usually take on level 1, it's so good to land with her. Hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And one more thing about Luna that I like. I actually love that about Luna. And some of you who are, who are watching me on the IG for, let's say, more than a year might notice that. The Lucent Beam is amazing spell for last hitting. And I'm not saying last hitting like you will use the beam to last hit the creep. But using it to micro-stun someone and then denying their range creep. Or preventing them from those actions. I can guarantee you, if you do, this, do that three or four times successfully, that offlaner is going to be pissed. And then you can play some mind games and even force them into some sort of debate. I know this is some, some sort of, let's say, the higher level strat, and it's really a general thing. But the cool thing about Luna is that it's low cooldown. Low cooldown and sort of, mm, wouldn't say really low cost, but you can use it to do those sorts of stuns, those sorts of, those sorts of last hits and denies. And the fun thing is that enemy heroes cannot really do much against it. If there is Mars, he can probably spear you out, but if he spears you out just for the range creep, or just for the creep without harassing you afterwards. It's actually a win for you as Luna. Is there something else you would like to add to Luna before we move um, on? If you want to, I actually prepared my game with Luna and it was a 20, uh, 24 minute long match, which seems uh, which seemed like a bad one, but then it's announced uh, to be pretty good. So mm -hmm. I can just send you uh, the match ID and I can show you a few things while sure. like the zero. Sure. Just to shortly answer the question of your brother, I don't think that uh, Viper position 1 is good because uh, the hero is good in early game to mid game and you want to have level, uh, but um, you just want to hit uh, low HP heroes and just uh, sort of harass them out of the lane and that's a bit hard with offlaners and you need items uh, for uh, safe laners. So I don't think that Viper is, uh, is that good, but if you want to play it on safe lane, uh, then there are two builds. Uh, one is maxing uh, Nether Toxin and just farming with it. That could be one thing. Uh, but uh, I don't think that's pretty good because you just push the wave to the enemy offlaner and then just giving them a free farm and that's not what you want to do. Um, and the second build is going for Maelstrom, but uh, to be fair, I don't think that the hero is that good uh, on safe lane. Hmm. Okay. okay. I'm just gonna send the match ID. Uh, you can find it. Uh, I'm gonna uh, tell you some uh, timestamps. 
Yeah, I I have uh, noticed your your message, bro. So I have just increased the voice. I mean the volume on the Michael's part. So now it should be more even. So it's, it could be fine. Yeah, I am going to search for this one match. I'm just gonna uh, look the match myself, and uh, so we are uh, exactly on the timeline. Am I searching in a proper way? Replace, search. Yes, now I see that. Okay, so uh, before I tell you, I I want you to have uh, a quick uh, think and uh, tell me why do you think that Luna is good here, and uh, what's the general timing? Man, I like this already. <laughs> this is awesome. Four zero, quite cool thing. Twenty four minute mark. So why is it good here? Hmm. I can see that they are going to probably charge you all the time. So you are not going to need to be the one who's initiating. They will initiate on you with the Primal Beast, with the Night Stalker, or even with uh, the initiation on the, on the part of Chaos Knight. With your spells, meaning the passive ability, you can deal with uh, illusions from the Chaos Knight. And with the Eye of Skade, you can slow them down like everyone and four of their heroes outside let's say the AA I'm not uh, thinking about that as a big deal She'll, she, it's gonna just die but those other four heroes don't really like Skadi you can just run them down with it so that would be probably the point that I would be making about Luna Okay, so uh, before that, uh, there's one one funny part. I'm not a scary guy on, on Luna. Uh, I totally ignore the basic Luna build where you go scary Manta, and what I usually do most of the times is that I um, rush the lands, then I go BKB and I do shard with uh, Daedalus, and the games usually don't last over uh, 30 minutes because the, the the hero just kills too much with the shard damage. Uh, you can one-shot supports with uh, with the level 15 talent and with uh, Daedalus, so that's what I like to do. Uh, but why, why I picked it is that I have uh, two supports that can uh, help me if they uh, close get me. Uh, Grimstroke with, with shard with uh, Inkswell and uh, armor from Triant and, and the healing. So I can just uh, stand my ground and farm if I need to. And uh, on top of that we had, uh, we had Timber, a hero that can play uh, aggressively and make a space around the map. And then we had uh, Necro which just uh, adds uh, more to mm. our uh, pushing and our team fights. And, Let me just uh, intersect for for a, okay. for a little moment. Did you have a last pick, or did you just see that they are about to pick those heroes? So you were like, "Oh, I see the opportunity for Luna." I think that I had uh, fourth pick, not last pick. I I, I mm -hmm. mean, we can check. Uh, yeah, it's fine with me. I just asked out of curiosity, but normally you all you see what they are going for, so you have pretty pretty good idea usually what they are going for. Yeah. Uh, well. Uh, they picked Primal Beast offline, so uh, I knew that they would pick something that, that can like stomp the lane with it and they had uh, AA, which is uh, generally not good support. I don't think that uh, Ancient Apparition is that good. Uh, it, it is like uh, no control. Uh, the only good thing I think uh, that um, AA does is burst heroes that you need to get uh, deleted uh, instantly, like Morphling PL or uh, PA, stuff like that. Uh, so it was kind of uh, a free game. He's bad ganking, and I think that it's just mostly um, a token pick. <laughs> <laughs> I must say that I am very happy to see a win like that, 
because right in this game you played against three quite tanky heroes that usually go for those either bracers or just you know tanky items and are sort of difficult to play against and you just managed to stomp them in 24 minute mark obviously you got into the base and we all know what it means for Luna when she destroys the tier, tier 3 it's like unleash the hell now if you could um start the demo and uh, go around uh, seven minute mark mm -hmm. I've just I'm just downloading gonna be short short period of time and we'll get there there's also gonna be one uh, one question for me uh, from me to you uh, so you can think uh, again about why I did the stuff I did and why is it good man I like that I feel like I'm growing with this I'm Okay, okay, it's it's not really that, that surprising. I am just watching your build. It's like Power Threads with Mask of Madness, obviously. It's just the amazing item. Then going for Dragonlance. And after Dragonlance, straight for the BKB. I like that. It really makes sense when I see that, and I'm thinking about that in the relationship to the heroes that you are playing against, aligned with the strat that you have just outlined. But I must say that if I was... Thinking about that, without knowing this thinking process, I might probably go for something else, which might not really result into the winning the game. I would probably think in terms of the Yasha, maybe Manta, and then BKB, which might be too late. Um, so what I used to do uh, before this current patch, uh, before uh, Luna Shard got nerfed, like, I don't know... Um five to six months ago i would skip uh, the the lands and i would just go yasha with uh crystallis before big ab because you could just farm super fast and then you just deal damage with the shard uh, it's a bit nerfed now so uh it's not that big value it um, i mean it's it's uh, still great but you didn't have to right click at all uh before the patch so you just uh, spam your q with uh, daedalus and you just deal insane damage um but uh, in this game as I mentioned, if they jump me, I have uh, two supports that can help me. And um, if Leshrak engages me, then all I need is BKB, and then and then they can't kill me. Hmm. Which is that one of your is that one of your main criteria for playing Luna that you are like thinking in terms of can they actually can they actually save me if I get jumped or can they help yeah, me? Um, as I said, Luna is uh, it's pretty easy hero to pull out because mm -hmm. uh, you have a high armor, you, you can farm items pretty fast and if you have like one or two good supports that can make you like unkillable, you can just do all the carrying yourself, you just need enablers, stuns, uh, controls and stuff like that. Okay, I am in the match right now, meaning in the okay. replay. Uh, go uh, at around minute 7, maybe let's say 6.50 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. The laning in this game was pretty simple, so I might just skip that. Uh, we managed uh, to get like one or two kills, but then AA rotated top, and at that point uh, the lane got uh, hard for me uh, because you just want to have a uh, free farm, you know? So I went to jungle, but if you look at. at I'm the at bottom, a seventh minute mark right now, if yeah, you're watching. I will, I will ship to jungle by any second now, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, seventh minute so, mark, you are in the jungle. So what's great about Luna is that uh, you don't have to get mask before you go jungle. 
uh, I don't like to scale my stun uh, to level 2. I think that if you max out uh, both passives, then it's better because you just want to uh, flash farm and uh, we had a uh, tree end, so it's not that uh, high kill lane, you know? Mm -hmm. I just want to be able to farm items. And why am I not switching lanes with, uh, with uh, Timber? That's my question for you. So we can think about it. Right now, in this time? Maybe you want to pause it, yeah. Maybe you, you want to pause it. So, 7 minutes 30 seconds into the into the match. You have just killed the Primal Beast. You are th three of you are at the op your outpost. I can see that there is Chaos Knight at the bottom. The same level as you are. Timbersaw is going to respawn in 15 seconds. So I would ask myself like, where is this guy going? You are low HP, so I wouldn't really consider going... Oh, you are not the same level as the Chaos Knight. Anyways. I wouldn't go bottom right now because you are low HP, so there's a high kill potential on you. Okay, um, don't don't think about it. I'm low HP. Like, think about like uh, 15 seconds back uh, mm -hmm. before I actually killed this guy. Okay, I wouldn't know where the timber should be going. That's one thing. If you go bottom, where should timber go? To the top okay. lane. It just so, um, I mean, feel good Timber to me. could go top, he can he can play um, aggressive, but uh, the main issue of this game would be that um, not Lashrek, I can kill Lashrek with BKB and uh, one stun, so that's not a problem, but what could destroy me is CK with uh, high level and high burst. So what I want to do from Timber is uh, get level 6, so he can kill CK and bully him uh, out of the lane, which which happened, like he died to Lashrek there because he, he ganked him, but overall he had pretty good lane. He almost uh, pushed the tower at this point and he will push it really soon. So I want him to get uh, his uh, his items so he's confident and strong and he can just um, stop the snowballing of CK, which which is good if he's uh, alone and get as many levels as possible. And on, the, and on the other hand, because they are playing trial and top, and as you see, Primal Beast just wandered into our jungle, mm -hmm. thinking that he could kill me. Um, so I can get easy kills. I, I got two kills like this jungling uh, close to the lane because I know that my supports can uh, protect me and we can burst them uh, pretty fast. And uh, the other thing is that Ancient um, left the lane uh, pretty soon and I have a slow level, uh, so it wouldn't be that um, effective, right? Mm. So now, now you can just maybe... Um, just uh, put the speed just to make up. sure that I understand correctly. Basically, the de the decision is the thinking process here is that if you go to the bottom lane, there is a chance that Chaos Knight is gonna kill you because he is higher level, so there is a kill potential on you, and you cannot really use the full efficiency of your spells as a Luna to farm there. So you just decided to go into the jungle, trying to basically out farm the Chaos Knight by farming elsewhere with your spells. Yeah, but uh, still the most important point was that um, I talked about Stimber and I need him to make this, uh, mm. uh, to make the early game better for me. So, I mean, uh, if he went top, he could have killed them, but uh, I'm not afraid of Night Stalker. I'm not afraid of Primal Beast when I have my BKB, when I have my um, items. Okay. So, I just used him uh, to uh, get rid of um, the enemy mid game. Makes sense. I have uh, I have Moonglaze, I have um, I have the other passive. I can just farm items. Um, Man, what a good neutral get... item drop! Yeah, that was I fucking amazing. <laughs> the best shit ever. 
So now, uh, maybe you can uh, speed the game up a bit. Uh, it, it will be just uh, me hitting sure. creeps for, let's say, uh, six, six uh, seven minutes. After that, I actually shipped to a triangle because Lashrek uh, pushed my lane, and uh, that means that the lane will um, naturally shaft to me and he won't contest it, so I can just get more creeps. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I can see I can see that you were just rotating in uh, in the jungle, trying to farm back, going for the Mask of Madness, which will completely accelerate your farm. Yeah, and as you can see now, uh, the bottom tower is gone, and um, Chaos Knight is not a hero that wants to jungle. You know, he wants to be on lane, and at this point he can't because Timber can just burst him out of the lane. So that's good. That um, it slowed uh, Timber's uh, snowball a lot. Hmm. So that was basically it. When, once you see, once you see, there is no tier one on their side. It basically enables you to go there if you need. Some yeah, form. because Slashrack doesn't want to push tier 2 at this point alone. Uh, we can just gank him. So what he wants to do is either gank Slashrack uh, or um, uh, I mean Timber, or push um, the tower on top. Mm -hmm. And by f and by jungling there, I forced him like two times, I think, to uh, TP to the mid lane just to protect the, the tower, and he didn't have um, the opportunity to help his team um, win the game. Okay. I can see that you, you are just on the top lane or in the jungle, right? Now is the first time when you are actually on the different lane. Maybe you can check the networks uh, so you can see that uh, even though I had bad lane and I was behind CK, uh, I'm already uh, top network with mm -hmm. a good lead. Yeah, that was the strategy that we are talking about just for people to know right now. So 13 minute mark, which is six minutes after the time when when Luna was behind three levels behind uh, Chaos Knight. Right now, Chaos Knight is level seven. Do I have this here correctly? He's level 10, Luna is level 10, and Luna is winning with the net worth. So that's the change. And 1000 gold. Yeah, outfarming the carry. So right now we are in the, in the lead with that, without actually fighting. Which is the magic of the carry heroes. So uh, my thinking was that when I get BKB, uh, we can kill one one or two heroes if it's good fight, and we can just take Rosh, which is basically what happened. And uh, at this point, the game was pretty much over for them because uh, it was uh, 15 minutes. They pushed one tower with Flash Wreck, which uh, the hero just uh, demolishes the buildings. And uh, if you pause the game now, you can see that all, all fights are happening on top. So I can just push mid, and if they go for mid, I can just go bottom. I have like half of the map for myself, and they can't do shit about it. That's what I want to check right now. Because you went straight for the mid, mid lane tower, but it's quite obvious when you look at the map, you see where all of those heroes are, so there is no, no one at the mid lane at this point. Yeah, so you can just take it freely. Yeah, it's a good like, map awareness. If you, if you think about it, it's it's uh, so good uh, a position for me because where can I be farming? I can farm bottom, which is good, but I can also push mid. And uh, if and if they want to push, they don't want to push bottom. They don't have any tower that they can TP to if if we first fight bottom. So they naturally want to fight top where they have tower, so they can TP to each other. Mm -hmm. Also, you have taken the most important tower in the game there, so yeah, I would say worth it. So now there is a dragon lance, and you are getting closer to the to the BKB. There's still no Aegis right now. I'm at 15 minute mark. So no, I'm it happened away uh, after BKB. It's 
it's too soon for that. Mm -hmm. Interesting point, guys. There is still like no engaging in a fight. It's just smart farming and being at a good position. By the way, if you guys have any questions, just feel free to ask. I'm by the way, uh, at the chat. Yeah. By the way, hi, Scarzan, aka Aronimus. Nice to see you there again. So I think that um, like pretty much straight after I made my BKB, we went for smoke. Which is important, you just want to uh, su uh, surprise the enemy with, with BKB. Let this was that. so greedy from Rashrek, he just went too deep. Mm -hmm. And this skill just pretty much enabled us to push uh, one tower, I think. If not, then we killed a few more heroes. Yeah, I can see that you have just received a BKB. There's a kill on the Lash, he overextended. No follow up from his team. And now we can we can see the change in your gameplay. It's like the confidence, right? Twenty magic, twenty stacks on the magic wand and BKB. I can see that yeah. right now you are sort of front planning. There's also there are three heroes behind you, so yeah. yeah. So look at this fight. Uh, right here they engage on me, and it was Primal Beast and Night Soaker, which is like pretty scary for agility carry. But but look uh, for my team. I have uh, I have three and I have one. I have BKB. They just can't kill me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at this point, we can see that you have the control with your team over the map. Yeah, I'm. Uh, they they had better push, but look, in in one and a half minute, we took uh, two tier one towers, and now we can just uh, siege their bases, uh, the, their base. Uh, what is going to happen now? We will wait for uh, AA, and when we kill AA, we will go rush because you just need to kill one hero, like pretty much, and then they can't fight. By the way, I have noticed that you pre-clicked the Manta and then you changed it to the Aghanim shard. What was the thinking behind that? Uh, because I wanted to play a bit of uh, split pushing because I didn't know how uh, how good is the game going to go. Uh, but uh, after this fight, I changed my mind and I was like, okay, we can just play tempo. The, uh, because I didn't die, so I was confident mm -hmm. that they can't really fight me head on. So let's say if you if you saw that your team went in and died, so let's say the network would swing slightly back to the radiant side, you might probably still go for the for the Manta. Um, I think I would actually change to uh, sat Satanic or maybe Sentient Yasha. Uh, Manta is like uh, defensive, if, if they have like Lushrek stand, uh, stand that is good. Or if uh, Prime Beast wants to ult you, then you, you can just cancel his anim mm -hmm. animation. So I think that um, Sentient Yasha is overall better. Uh, Manta is like if you want to uh, split push or just farm more safely with uh, illusions. Yeah, true story. Also, Manta would be good if there is some some hero like Skyvrath that you need to cover yeah. from and you don't really want to just commit your BKB for that poke damage. Actually, you might not want to go Manta versus Sky. Uh, when you have Dragonlance, you can just make uh, Hurricane Pike, which is uh, cheaper a lot. Good point. So, so right after the smoke, you went... Hero. Yeah. They don't have A ulti, they don't have damage, we can just take rush and we can just go push high ground. Because if they go for me, I have uh, supports that can uh, protect me, Tim uh, Timber can tank for me, it's just mm -hmm. simple. Yeah, the entire ga game plan is that you just go forward with your BKB and you actually want them to go for you because your team can stand behind. 
Yeah, that's what I like about Luna. Mm -hmm. I would also say that, uh, guys, fr from my experience, this will only work if you watch your team carefully and you know that they are actually going with you. So you do not end up in this situation where you just go in and they fall back. This is nice gameplay. And I, I can see a lot of hope in there. I love I love when I see somebody beating, let's say, the meta or something that I think is a really good strat. Especially those, let's say, tanky heroes. Because if I saw this draft, I would probably bet against you. Based on those based on those heroes. I mean if I was guessing just based on the draft. So it's really nice to see Luna doing a good job here. And it's not just the hero. I think the main thing is your awareness of the map in this game. Because you are just out farming them and you know when to fight. Uh, you, you can check last so I think that CK uh, stopped farming. Because he doesn't have where to farm and the hero just died at this point. Mm -hmm. Still not that bad, 169 compared to your 221. We can definitely, definitely tell that uh, you are fighting from now on. Because Luna so, becomes active. You are an active yeah. hero right now. Uh, so the idea now is just to finish uh, the two towers. Unless they um, make stupid play and they die without uh, buybacks. So we just push bottom. I think we didn't actually get to push mid because they uh, bought back and they died. So we just went to finish the game. Uh, you see we have Siege Creep, I have Aegis, I'm, I'm just confident to go push the towers. Yeah. There's nothing that can stop me. Right now, if you have a good positioning and you do not misuse your BKB, they cannot do anything. At Even this if second. I use my BKB, I have, I have Aegis, I don't think that they have enough spells and um, time to kill me twice with my team sending. So it was just a great position overall, like I would have to dive super badly to die. Yeah, and this is, guys, this is the evil moment when the tier 3 <laughs> tower drops and Luna is in the base. Yeah, what can you do now? Interesting that you committed the BKB for this. Yeah, uh, so I think that flashback was still uh, dead for a few seconds and I just wanted to get the barracks. Uh, to get the most usage of Aegis. And so you see uh, what I was talking about, I uh, clicked my Daedalus uh, just to uh, finish the game uh, fast and mm. to have damage. When I'm because thinking about point... that retrospectively, your BKB makes a lot of sense. But I must say, I must say the truth, I wouldn't use the BKB there, which would be the mistake. But I can see that you wanted to, let's say, secure the win. So not getting chain stunned and making sure that you can kill all of those Raxis. Yeah, makes sense now. Okay, so you see they just died, the game is over. Mm -hmm. um, to answer uh, the question of your brother, I think that Luna Shard is definitely good because uh, what it allows you to do, uh, you don't even have to hit the stun, so you can just cast it when you are chasing someone and it just shoots a uh, projectile to, uh, to damage him. And if you combine it with uh, Crystallis, it's just uh, like you have PA dagger. Yeah, you know, on Luna, and you can farm waves easily with that. If you if you use your shard with uh, crystallis on hard camp and you actually get a crit, then you almost kill it instantly. I think it's pretty great item. Yeah, it basically means that you are using using it as a stifling dagger, but you have the stun instead of the slow. And later on, let's say in some sort of scenario in which you would get a scadi, for example, you are going to slow people as well with the loosen beam, and with the Daedalus, 
You can even one-hit supports sometimes if there is a big difference. Wow. So, uh, do you want to now ask me more questions or maybe switch to another hero? I would ask one th one thing, one question that uh, I was thinking about a lot in this patch. What do you think about Orchid Malevolence on position one heroes those days? Um, that's that's a good question, and I'm and I was talking about it many times. I think that Orchid is really good for some heroes. Um, you want to buy Orchid for heroes that can deal high damage, and uh, the only thing that stopped them was control. So I think that if you are, for example, playing PA. You can skip Desolator in in uh, many games if you are playing uh, against uh, paper heroes that just needs to have uh, defensive spells like stun or something like that. You can just buy Orchid. It's so cheap. It's good agility. It's like uh, at um, in some points in some uh, point of view it's better than uh, Diffusal for some heroes because it just enables you to stay on top of target and make sure that they they don't defend before mm -hmm. they have BKBs. So you are forcing to buy uh, BKBs on heroes that don't usually like them. And even if you don't kill them, then, uh, then there's still this uh, Orchid Burn, which is magical damage. So if they use, um, let's say, Ghost Scepter, uh, which they don't always use instantly after you, let's say, uh, play PA versus someone and he blur jumps you, then you have like this uh, two seconds reaction time uh, before he, um, before you can see PA uh, vanishing from blur. Yep. So if you do like uh, um, half of his HP and then he uses the... Um, the Ghost Scepter, he will usually drop to 10% and then you can just hunt him down. That's a good point. I've never thought about that actually. Because yeah, they need to use the, they need to use the, let's say the Ghost Scepter first. And if you're playing the hero, for example, the Juggernaut, you don't really much care about the Ghost Scepter because you can just spin them down at one point through the, through the Ghost Scepter. Especially if you combine it with, uh, with that Orchid Malevolence. I have uh, on one, uh, Let's say, I have on the screen the match you actually, I wanted to say coached me about, but you were in the chat and you were really recommending me good items and I wanted to show it to you guys on the Twitch as well. It was built face boots, milestorm, then going for the diffusal, so you have the control in fights, and Orchid Malevolence, basically without any defensive items. Because I have Omni Knight behind me and follow up in terms of like X. X can follow up or there, there can be global silence. So I played without it. And it worked like magic. And then going for SNY to be more tanky and reduce the duration of the Doom who was playing against me. Do you and think this... the, the good thing about Orchid is that it uh, you can make Bloodthorn out of that, and uh, yeah. the item is so fucking good. Like it, if you look at the new Mage Slayer, it's it's just so good even to buy it without Orchid or without Bloodthorn. It uh, the item give uh, gives good stats, and uh, Bloodthorn in general is one of the best items to late game because every hit is crit, and you and you still get the um, Orchid burn effect. So um, you can just uh, hit people to let's say 70% of their HP and then and they will die after that because mm -hmm. you just deal so much damage. Yeah, for carry heroes a lot, it, it's really good. And especially when you are playing with heroes like Axe, I was lucky to play with Axe here. If he calls someone and I use the Bloodthorn, we are gonna kill him in the call. It's like, that's how strong it can be sometimes. And Bloodthorn is providing you with the attack speed, raw damage, mana regeneration, which is something I fucking love. I love when I don't need to need to buy clarities. And magic resistance. It's really good in terms of stats. 
imagine that uh, if you have a bounty hunter, so it it's like track. Uh, because Trek also gives crits to uh, to Bounty Hunter, but this one just gives crits to everyone uh, from your team who hits the enemy. So it just helps so much with bursting uh, tanky heroes or uh, important kills. Mm-hmm. By the way, how would you approach the game with the Juggernaut in general? Would you almost always go for the Milestrom? Because Battle Fury is not really a viable option, I would say, in the vast majority of games. And how do you decide about defensive items on the Juggernaut. Let's say you have just finished your Maelstrom. What are those things you would think about when considering going for, let's say, something defensive as Manta or fighting, like Diffusal? Okay, so I think that uh, Jugger uh, actually needs more defensive items than, uh, than as I mentioned, Luna, uh, because um, if you don't have uh, your ultimate or your Q, then you are just like a walking corpse and uh, you can't really defend yourself because they will kill the ward instantly. And I think that uh, Luna has uh, better stats uh, as well. So, uh, for example, in this game, uh, you could be a bit greedy because you have your Omnite that's just like walking uh, say. Uh, satanic, if I say, or something like that. Without Omnite uh, and X, I wouldn't go for those items. Yeah, so uh, the, the the general idea is that you have to look what you are playing against. Like, are you playing against heroes that can uh, buy Atos and they can burst you? And if they can, uh, is it worth it to go? Uh, is it worth to go to uh, for BKB because you will just waste BKB for let's say position for Skyrats? So I think that's what you have to uh, have in mind. So in those games, I think it's better to have uh, um, Manta. Because, mm-hmm. uh, as I said, for Luna, you use Manta for farming, but uh, with uh, Jagger, you can't go for Hurricane Pike. That's fucking bad. So Manta is your uh, number one option to go for. Mm-hmm. Especially if there was, let's say, Skyrath in the enemy team. Then I would definitely need at least one defensive item like that. Because with the build that I had, if there was a Skyrath, I could I could be burst down to zero. Quite, quite simply. And to what I'm usually like... Um saying to people that that uh, they are building Jugger wrong is that they just have this idea that you need to go for many damage items. But if you look at the shard of Juggernaut, and if you look at the price and uh, the time that you can buy this shit now, with Maelstrom, you have yep. damage for half of the game. You, you just have to make yourself tanky so you can actually last long in fights and just deal the damage by spinning and hitting. Yeah, and if you combine the damage that you can get from the shard with the Maelstrom, with the diffusal, I think it's more than enough. At least yeah, it's a uh, lot. So when you mentioned uh, the diffusal, that brings us to the next pool of heroes. Um, PL and Tricky are super strong right now because uh, diffusal got, uh, let's say, buffed. Because if you look at um, Ricky and PL, they both have high agility and they have two spells that boost uh, agility. So. Uh, if they remove one blade, you don't really feel it, but you can get your diffusal, let's say, four minutes earlier. And that's huge for Ricky because you just want to hunt kills in the game. Mm-hmm. You have so much damage that you can just kill almost everyone. It can be quite insane because Ricky with the diffusal is one of the most annoying things that you can meet in Dota. It can basically kill anyone, almost anyone, let's put it this way, at this time. So I can imagine if Ricky has a good game, and builds the defusal early, that guy is gonna dominate for those minutes when people are without without defensive items. And before they get those items, I guess that's the time in which you need to farm 
more of those items to just keep the momentum going, right? Yeah, and it's and uh, the other thing that I see people making mistake with Ricky is that they think that the hero is fucking weak. Uh, sorry for my swearing. I just, uh, <laughs> I just man, you can this... you can swear how, however the fuck you want. We can do whatever just whatever we this want idea, there. Uh, out of my mind. <laughs> because uh, I've been uh, I've been holding it in for many pops and uh, many streams that I watched. Uh, if you check Ricky on level one, you can you can go to demo hero or or something. Uh, the hero is has like six HP region if you stand at, at the tower. I think it's one of the most uh, basic HP region that you have for any carry. And uh, he has uh, two spells to secure Mirage uh, Creeps. And you can use those spells to escape. Uh, you can blink once to secure Creep, second time to escape. Or the tricks of the trade, you can just hide, wait for your cooldown uh, for uh, tricks of, for uh, Blink Strike to go back on, and you can just escape. Mm -hmm. So look, you, you have no items, you, you don't stand at the tower, and you have uh, 4.3 HP region. If you go back to your tower, uh, you will have even more. And uh, when you play safe lane, uh, you want to stay under tower. You don't want to be uh, in open. So I, I, um, I think it's good. You just don't have to buy that much region, and you can always have a good lane. Hmm. I might start to play this hero again. By the way, guys, I will add one little detail. I've just 93 games on that. I thought I would have more. Anyways, this is one of one of the heroes that I was starting on. By the way, it was the second ever carry that I played. I mean, the sec second hero that I played more seriously. That's just one thing I wanted to say behind the behind the scenes for folks who are watching right now. But yeah, I haven't even thought about this hero, to be honest. But it makes sense when you're talking about that. Because you can it's, play... It's always those uh, small things that enable you to, uh, to make some heroes uh, stronger. So the other uh, hero that I mentioned, PL, I think it's quite a different approach than Ricky because uh, with Ricky you just want to make diffusal and you want to run at people, but with PL um, the diffusal is great and stuff, but you don't want to fight straight away with uh, with diffusal or let's say uh, not usually in most of the matches, but the diffusal helps you farm super fast because you have illusions and they deal bonus damage uh, if if they drain mana, so that's good for PL. And if you can get it. Um, Earlier, I think that it's still pretty good with uh, PL that if they engage you, you can actually defend yourself. You can slow them and just escape. Or um, if you are in good position, you, you you can take the fight like two minutes earlier. Hmm. That brings us to the next question that we almost, we basically touched here and I would say almost answered. There are a lot of types of heroes in Dota, like nukers, tanks, you know, escape-based heroes, etc. What is the type of hero that you feel like is viable for this patch? I know it's a very general question. Mm, so... I have found one answer to that, but I would really like to hear your opinion before I go into that. So I think that uh, the best thing uh, you want to look into when you are playing uh, not only carry but like let's say mid laner or off laner is do as much as possible without needing much but you can you can also play greedy but you have to have um good supports behind you so i think that the overall idea is that you can just um run at people with um let's say uh low low risk so you can do many things uh, but it doesn't cost you that much 
And uh, the other important thing is that you need to play uh, heroes that uh, can get uh, their timing super fast. So one of the most dead heroes of the last two patches, Sven, uh, is pretty good right now because he's a strength core and uh, the base damage of strength heroes got buffed. So if you buy, let's say, Bracer and then you buy Mask of Madness, uh, Echo Saber, Silver Edge, um, you can man up almost every offlaner if you have um, supports behind you. Hmm. I guess what you're saying, how I simplified it in my mind, and I would like to also hear your opinion about that. I observed that low commit low cooldown and long distance heroes are the most effective let me repeat for for for, for people if they didn't catch for the first time if you play the hero that doesn't really care about cooldowns that much he can he or she can just just spam abilities and have some decent distance of effectiveness let's say a range it's fine to play that let's say tiny tiny doesn't care he just uses his spells no, no caring whatsoever. Primal Beast can charge you, do whatever he wants and just walks away. You know, Spirit Breaker, do same shit. We have just talked about the Ricky. He can do the same shit. Just jump in, just jump in, take a kill and escape. So that's what I was about to bring back. The Templar Assassin, the hero that I found is working right now, is doing the same shit. Some, a big range, let's put it this way, with uh, the Dragonlance. So... Quite remarkable range, escapability, and low cooldown spells. What do you uh, think about the theory? If you mention TA, uh, you you can look uh, for TA in a bit different approach. Uh, the stuff that you said is true, but um, as we talked uh, about already, um, the current patch is focused about um, tanky heroes, right? Mm -hmm. So what's Luna, what's uh, TA good at? Uh, she has good armor production, so you can burst tanky heroes quickly. And uh, in tiny meta and Night Soaker meta and stuff like that, she has shield that blocks uh, inches of damage. So you can be tanky enough to um, hold your ground before the team uh, gets to you. And she farms fast, she has slow, she has silence in a shard. So it's like it's just everything she to needs. Luna, but uh, you can fight from a uh, greater distance. Hmm. And you can burst people faster. Yeah. True story. That's, that's what I've been thinking. Because when I was playing other heroes that needs more commitment, I would say even Faceless Void is one of those examples. It's very difficult because you can also fuck up very easily. You just use your spell. If you misuse it or get, let's say, outplayed with that spells, spell of yours, it's very difficult to do anything more, right? For example, with the Faceless Void, if you use the Chronosphere, you are sort of done in most games. You just need to back off. But with heroes like Templar Assassin, they are always active. Luna is almost always active at some point. Even if she doesn't have the ultimate, she's still strong. So yeah, that's what I've been thinking. And Tiny... Yeah, I can see 85% ban rate that you have just you have just expressed. Yeah, I feel like Tiny is one of the strongest heroes right now because I mean, it has everything. If you want to have free ban, just just pick Io and Tiny, and you, you can just uh, red doors, um, um, red backdoor towers. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to play against it's so it. So stupid. It's like it has a stun, it has misposition because it can just toss you away, right? Does that pierce? 
yeah, it pierces the spell immunity, so you cannot TP out from that shit if he is smart. He is tanky. I don't actually think that you can toss through BKB. I think that's a bug. I don't think it works like that. I think it works with ally heroes, not sure with enemy heroes. Let me try it out. There is, uh, there is yes on piercing the spell immunity. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. I, I'm not too sure, honestly, because I don't, uh, I don't think I got, I got to a point where I needed to toss a teeping enemy. So <laughs> I don't want to be lying to you, but it seems a bit weird to me. Ally enemy, let's, let's do it right now. I have it in there, so it's not gonna. Oh, fuck! Misclick, guys. Free spells. Let me. Yeah, but no, you cannot toss him from this toss. Yeah, because you see, uh, the X that you tossed was uh, behind the one that had BKB. Uh, I think that's pretty misleading because uh, you can try with your ally, but I'm not sure that it works either. I can see. I know what I mean by that. It basically means that you can target him with the toss. You can toss yeah. someone at a BKB target, but you cannot toss the target who is in the BKB. That's a good good to know. <laughs> that's really good to know. Because I thought you can still toss people in the BKB. Okay, that's a good point. It and just seems so stupid that it would pierce BKB and just cancel it. Yeah. I mean, it's not even ultimate. It's that hero would be so, so fucking stupid. Even though it's, uh, it's melee hero, it has quite good range. It has a good tower damage. High burst potential. Guys, who, get, who got bursted by Tiny? Basically everyone. <laughs> even strength heroes sometimes get. So yeah, this, this hero is just insanely strong right now. That's what I wanted to point out. And there's one more hero on safe lane that I'm currently enjoying and I don't want people to... Uh, abuse it? You know, let's say... <laughs> not abuse it, but uh, they tend to say that anti-mage is pretty weak because uh, it was the meme ongoing build that um, people just rushed a uh, diffusal blade. I think it's so trash because the hero, uh, he has bad stats, but... Uh, most people say that anti-mage is weak in lane and he's strong in mid-game. I think it's quite the opposite, because anti-mage is, in my opinion, one of the strongest laners, but uh, the hero is uh, pretty trash if you don't have uh, good items, uh, if you don't have fast items, and if enemy heroes has uh, draft that, that uh, can survive you uh, jumping their backlines. Um, so what I think that uh, people should do is only pick anti-mage if they see uh, two supports that they can't control you, or if they greedy pick, let's say, Tinker, OD, and stuff like that, or Doom. Anti-mage mm. is really good versus Doom because you can just bully him out of the lane, uh, even though Doom counters you with his ultimate. I think it's still a pretty good pick. Uh, and the general idea is that you don't want to go for diffuser, never. It's just not worth it to have faster burst, let's say, because uh, the new diffuser doesn't give you a good stat for anti-mage. With anti-mage, what I usually do is I even skip uh, Basher. I just go uh, Battle Fury into, Ma into Manta, into Skadi. I think that Skadi is the best item for uh, anti-mage out of all, ranged, yep. um, not ranged, uh, agility cores. Because, because people are running away from anti-mage and you yeah. get even more tanky. I would add one thing to the anti-mage. He can be super strong in the lane, but I would say it really depends on the draft because anti-mage is super draft dependent. So if you're playing, let's say, against the ogre, let's say the ogre is the position four against you, it's sort of a dream scenario because you can just, you know, outplay him with your spells, you can counterspell the slow and basically run him down. 
There are other heroes that will completely fuck up the anti-mage, I would say. Let's say you are playing against Mars with the Dazzle. Then I would say that you're not really going to, to do much against them. Obviously, it also depends on your support. But, uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to and say. Imagine, uh, anti-mage works the same way as Morphling. Uh, what heroes countered you before? Heroes that built Orchid and could play uh, fast tempo versus you. Now, uh, if you are playing versus, let's say, Invoker, you don't usually see them go for Orchid because it's just not that good. It doesn't give good stats or clop. Hmm. So I think that's also a good thing that Anti-Mage doesn't have that many early game counters now. And um, if you go for right items, I think it's it's really strong. Uh, I, I even played one game of Anti-Mage. I can send this to you again and you can just check my uh, item build. I think it's one of the best ones you can go right now. Okay, I'll check that out. I also haven't haven't thought about that, because it's right that people are not going for the orchid as often as they did in the previous patch, and I sort of still stopped playing anti mage because it didn't really feel good to play that, and I felt like I'm being bullied out of the lane constantly. But when they have zero orchid, let's say. The gameplay would be so different, in a good way, for the anti-mage. And in, in this game that I sent you, you can actually see one thing that I was talking about, uh, if you check my items. Mm -hmm. And if you go from the beginning all the way to the late game, you can see how I built my items. Interesting that you have a wand before you get any part of your right band. You didn't even go for the right band, interestingly enough. Yeah, uh, I think that you don't really have to go for right band uh, with anti-mage uh, uh, unless uh, the enemies have, uh, hit, um, like, let's say, high hitters on the lane. Uh, stuff like Bad. Night Stalker, Wind Ranger, Weaver. And you just want to rush the ring so you can... Uh, get your HP uh, when you commit for ranged creeps. I like this combination of items, like Battlefield with the Manta, and then you have the Mage Slayer with Orchid Malevolence. So your your magic magic resistance is like crazy. <laughs> it's quite yeah, good. Yeah, like um, if you move the game a bit forward, I, I build a Skadi, but as I talked uh, like mm -hmm. two minutes ago. It's usually better to go Scully first, but not in this game because Morph had bad game and uh, Necro didn't have, uh, I think that he didn't have a defensive item. Maybe he built BKB in late game. Uh, let me just check. Uh, the game happened like two weeks ago already, so I don't want to. Uh, yeah, I can also. Yeah. So he went for BKB all the way uh, at the end of the game. So why did I go for uh, Orchid before uh, Scully? Uh, because you are fighting a lot and I wanted to help my team. So what I wanted to do is just um, jump on Morphling when he didn't have Manta yet. Because you see that I mm. I almost had the perfect timing before he had uh, Manta. But uh, Necro didn't have anything and, uh, and so did uh, Doom. So I could just jump on my targets and burst them. Doom couldn't ult me. Necro couldn't do shit. He couldn't ghost out. So I think that... Uh, Orchid was really good here. Maybe I could go for Diffusal just to slow them down, but I don't think that it would be stupid uh, considering that I want to go Scary after. Mm, I would also say that Orchid is a good choice here because it's also a defensive item for you. As you said, if you jump someone and just Orchid them, you are not scared anymore. 
They are just trying to run away, so you are you are quite fine with that. And in the teamfight scenario, if Morphling is not really careful and uses Manta in a poor way, you can just jump in with the Orchid and kill him quite quite easily in the in yeah, so, game. So you see, just this Orchid forced him to go Manta into BKB. What does that make? No damage on Morphling. He didn't have any damage the whole game. And at the same point, if you use Bloodthorn on him and he uses BKB or Manta, you don't really care. You can just blink back and wait for for some time, like 15 seconds, so you can use it again. And the Bloodthorn is going to be useful even if they have BKBs, because if they get stunned or chain stunned with your heroes, and you have really good heroes for that, like Sand King and, and the Earthshaker, if they go for someone for the chain, chain stun, you are going to kill him with the Bloodthorn. Definitely, in that stun. Before they use uses the BKB or any other defensive item. I like that. I would really love to play Antimage again. And one thing I would add about your about your combination in the late game, like late game items. One thing I see that is really good about the combination of Bloodthorn and Isle of Scuddy is that Bloodthorn is sort of forcing you to go for the BKB and Isle of Scuddy is countering the BKB. So if you don't go for the BKB, you might be screwed, and if you go for that, it's not going to be effective, because anti-mage is out of Scuddy. So, I like that you are forcing them into a really uncomfortable scenario for the enemy carry. So, now I'm going to give you a um, space again, so maybe you can think about some questions. Uh, I will just shortly prepare for a next short topic. That might be the last one, so mm -hmm. if you want to, you can play some games uh, some games of your own. I don't want to hold you for too long. So you know, if you have something in, uh, on, on your mind, then think about it, and you can ask me. Yeah, just, the thing... Uh, I'll just look about something. Cool thing is that we have gone through more questions that I have been even thinking about, and I'm really grateful for that. It turned out to be even better, let's say, talk than I even expected. expected or initially thought about that about because we just talked about all sorts of topics that were so somehow connected to the meta and you we were circling around covering all different things so i would say that everything is covered from my part so the last thing would be if there is something more that you would like to add before we let's say end this interview or the discussion because you are not really holding me back from anything else Right now, I am, I am streaming. This is the dedicated time for the stream. And I was like, as long as we have, let's say, topics to do and you have time for that, I will be glad to have the conversation and, let's say, get better as a result of that. So is there something more that you want, wanted to either tell me or the, or the viewers? Yeah, actually, uh, what I wanted to talk about... Um is uh, a bit of uh, the approach uh, to the game because I, I just don't want to talk about uh, only safe lane because uh, that's mm -hmm. why I focused mostly on since you are a safe lane player and uh, it was and it and I mostly did, uh, did this because you wanted to so I like uh, thought about it as a bit of coaching or Thank if, you. if I can say that I know definitely uh, if it was like that to you uh, I hope it was um, so um, let's talk a bit about mid lane uh before we end why i think that mi uh, mid lane is important now um i think it's 
the same as safe lane, you want to have good lane because guess what? Uh, the bounty runes got moved far from it, so now you only have two runes uh, instead of three, which doesn't seem like that much, but it makes a big difference uh, to some uh, hard commit heroes like Storm that for example, uses a lot of mana to farm lane. You just want to push wave, go jungle, push wave, go jungle, you know? Lina, mm -hmm. or heroes that, that rush battle. Um, so, Tinker got a bit nerfed, but I don't think that he's that bad, actually. Because uh, the general idea is that you can just refresh when you need to. And uh, the other heroes, if they want to farm mid, they have to go all the way on the bottom or top uh, in dire jungle or right in the bottom jungle to get the barney rune. And what do what do you struggle like... with when you when you're playing as a as a mid laner due to those those runes? Are you actually scared of being, let's say, ganked when going for this particular rune, or do you see that it's so far like from the normal from the normal distance that it makes it less worth it? Um, it's not about being ganked actually because. Uh... Those parts of the map are actually safer for for runes at the time of the game than they were, because uh, it's it's in your jungle, like closer uh, closer to you. But triangle is always scary because it's like closer high ground, you know. So if if you go there, someone can come there. But the problem is that you usually miss uh, an entire wave before you get back. Hmm. So what I like about my my two mid laners, I love keeper, I love tinker. What is so great about them? They can flash farm, they can refill mana. They they just don't have to leave the lane. Man, and Keeper is so crazy mid lane. Are you still there or did, did the audio cut? No, I'm still there. Okay. I just stopped talking. Yeah, the Keeper of the Light. I have seen that on the tournament, The I think two or three days ago when I was watching from the replay. And I actually realized why the Keeper of the Light is so good. I've seen... Who's, who's playing that? Was it Koikwa? Not sure. Um, no. But anyways. In the pro match, it was 9. If if you talk about 9. Um, that may be the game. Yeah, what I was trying to... What I was about to say is that I didn't... I knew that he is going to be very effective in terms of the farming. Farming speed. Because of, you know, that first spell that you can use to illuminate. But I didn't expect him to be, like, that good. Because if you know your timings, you can just flash farm, and it's sort of crazy how farm you can get, especially if you get get some kills. Uh, so if I want to stay with keeper, uh, the one thing that I'm sad about is that um, the times are repeating, and uh, keeper got uh, spotlight, let's say once again, and people uh, play it more and ban it more. So uh, I tend to abuse less game with that because. On my main account, which is um, close to being top 5k in Europe, I gained like uh, 400 MMR only by spamming Keeper 20 games in a row. It's just that easy if, if you know what you want to do with the hero. And what I've seen people do is they, they saw 9 going for Spirit Vessel and now they go for it too. Uh, why I think it's bad? Because he went for it because of Io. He just wanted to stop Io from getting Snowball which is good if you go for Spirit Vessel, because in Pro Match it's it's greedy to go for uh, Ethereal Blade, which is my go-to build. Uh, I, I saw many people after that just go for the alt meta and they rush uh, Dagon. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's that good, because 
when uh, if no uh, no talismans don't give spell damage, then unless you get a fairy trinket, you you don't have enough spell damage to actually farm waves or farm camps. So what I like to do more is that uh, with the current change of uh, Iteroblade and that Kaya is built from that, you just start the game with um, a rope of magi, and you just go straight into Kaya and straight into Iteroblade. And if you use Ethereal Blade with uh, W on uh, enemy hero, uh, they can't move. They have like 100 movement speed. You have your form, you have uh, 500 movement speed. You can just uh, run around them. And uh, if they somehow escape, you can just blinding light them back into the uh, horses. And with the Ethereal on and, uh, and your Damn. W, it deals about 800 damage on level 7. That's, and we are circling back to the theme of poke damage and low cooldowns. Because the Coddle is the good example of that. If you stand behind with your Ethereal Blade and, you know, Illuminate and Blinding Light, you can just poke them all the time, all over again, and people will be dying, quote-unquote, accidentally, because you are spamming those abilities. Sometimes you can just burst them down. You can farm lanes or camps while doing other things. You can use your form. You can just leave the horses be and farm. It's his his tempo of the game is so insane. And on top of that, he refills mana to everyone. He gives uh, health back to everyone. Uh, when I end my games around twenty minutes, I have five times more healing than for than let's say Omnite if I play with Omnite because you just heal constantly. Mm. You, it deals damage and it heals at the same time. So you can just stand your ground. You stay behind them, you kill them, and meanwhile that you keep healing your team. And uh, the other cool thing uh, for uh, for keeper is that um, if you are actually getting to late game, and you get uh, your level 25 talent that snowballs you back again, you deal so much damage. I actually talked to, to uh, Argo with this uh, um, like uh, one week ago. Uh, if you have perfect game and uh, you have uh, good neutral items, uh, keeper can deal up to uh, 4k 200 magical damage when yeah. one, uh, with one combo. It's the highest shit I've ever seen in Dota. It's so stupid. <laughs> By the way, it's so stupidly strong. It's so hilarious that Michael changed his name in the Twitch chat to Blinding Light Dota. <laughs> that's how. That's how big this is. So. Don't just think of this this guy on the horse in terms of the support. He can be a good support, but He's as I have seen, this guy is actually magical DPS. And it can be crazy. I was playing this one game and we were against uh, six slotted TB and, and my carry didn't have anything. But it was no problem, like, I just destroyed his Lincolns uh, with one of my supports. And then I used uh, my W on my uh, Soulblind uh, Ethereal Blade and 4k HP Ethereal Blade got one-shot it. Hmm. Like, what can you do with this <laughs> with this shit? Especially TB, who doesn't like to play against heroes like that. He doesn't like to be bursted, especially with his, like, infinite armor. And then he just gets killed like that. And the Solar Bind is so annoying spell, man. It's like, 7 seconds duration. It's so fucked up. And... Keeper of the Light doesn't need to do anything, right? He's like, oh, here's a Solar Bind for you. Fuck you. <laughs> he moves out. But uh, because the hero is getting more attention now, people tend to uh, look into his draft more often and they tend to counterpick him more. Uh, so 
uh, he actually has a lot of counter picks, but uh, on the other hand, uh, if you look at the patch notes, uh, they buffed his radius of his uh, illuminate in uh, in the first uh, 7.31 patch. So it's almost impossible for heroes like Puck or Ember to dodge it in lane, which makes me kind of happy. It's like 1575. Even, even if you slay it, you just get hit by the backswing of the horses. Yeah. Interesting. Also, sometimes when you see it, it al it's almost too late. So if you use it on the puck, even though he can dodge quite easily, let's say, at some point in the game, it can be so fast going through, like, from the forest, from the fog, that he will just not not evade. Especially if you have a superior vision with the Keeper of the Light. One move that was standing out for me when I was watching this guy playing it was that from the mid lane at one point, I don't know what was the decision making behind that, but I just noticed that he TP'd to his safe lane. He TP'd to his safe lane, took a kill, used the ultimate, then charged the illuminate to take the next wave and just moved to the jungle. So that's that's uh, the point that you were making before that. You can just use the spirit form, the ultimate, charge your illuminate because it's just standing on the ground, right? Without you channeling it. You will take the entire wave and you can just move to the jungle and it's very effective and while doing but, that you actually can take a kill sometimes yeah uh but uh the why i like uh tinker and why i like keeper because those heroes although it may not look like they have similar playstyles. uh in terms of laning in uh late game they have quite a different playstyle. but if you are playing keeper mid or tinker mid uh, there is one thing that they have in common. You have to have um, better vision. Because how people counter Tinker? You uh, destroy his observer board so he can't um, rocket you. And the similar thing works with Keeper. If you have uh, observer board on high ground, you can just pretty much dodge the horses. So with Keeper, you just want to make sure that you divert uh, as fast as possible, which is good because you just push the waves with horses. They don't want to stand there. You just push mm. the wave under his tower, divert. Meanwhile, he farms that, farm his easy camp, move back, farm the next wave, farm your easy camp. You do so many things. Meanwhile, he's forced to fi uh, fight two waves under his tower. So you just basically destroy his uh, laning just by playing Keeper. Yeah, not even talking about other heroes, right? Because when there is, let's say, plus one support or plus one other hero with you, you can sometimes get easy kills with that, especially if they can set up it for you. What do you struggle with when playing Keeper of the Light outside of the vision? Let's say, because um, if you do not have the vision, I can tell that you might be scared of being suddenly charged or being jumped. Yeah, so um, considering close gap heroes, uh, I think it's mostly the spirits. Not Spirit Breaker, because you can, with, with Binding Light you can cancel his charge him. entirely. Hmm. But uh, the heroes that can get on top of you and then like have magic shield as Ember does or fists, uh, he can just kill you on spot. Void Spirit is the same, he can just jump on top of you, stun you, kill you. Hmm. Um, Venge can swap you into uh, into a battleground where you are out of position just in BKB in that game and pray that you survive until you run back to, uh, back to safety. Uh, Earth Spirit is the same. Uh, if he silences you first, then you can't uh, defend with your spells, then he can just uh, roll on you and kick you into battlefield. And again. I would say that you do not really want to go for some defensive items just for this shit. 
there amazing. were games where I had to go BKB first, but yeah, it's it's not the uh, it's not optional because you just want to have fast items that deal damage and just don't give them chance to get mm -hmm. back to the game. That's the main approach. Uh, Going around and... killing people basically without yeah. them really contesting you. That's the plan. Uh, one thing that I found good with Keeper is that you can actually go for the Orchid that you don't usually go for many other intel heroes because the item costs nothing for keeper you have mm -hmm. that in two or three minutes wow so is there anything more that uh, you would want to ask or someone else in the chat for me it's 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 all from me i would say that uh, this was a little bonus that i had I actually uh, if i can interrupt you i i actually remembered uh, two things that i that i want to say before we end mm -hmm. uh i think it's pretty good to not overlook the uh, damage type changes what that means that that profit is super busted even position five that profit can uh, destroy buildings because the new damage type and the other thing um Believe it or not, Shadow Shaman and uh, Venomancer can solo kill Rosh at around 6 minutes. I can show that to you if you are interested. The fuck? Vengeful Spirit can solo Rosh? No, uh, Sh uh, Shadow Shaman and uh, Venomancer. Oh, okay, that makes sense to me. I can imagine how. Okay, I can imagine how. Those I'm just gonna start uh, one match and then I'm gonna okay. share with you. Okay, it ma makes sense. Makes sense to me. Wow, we have covered a lot. That's cool. I'm happy about that. The little so bonus for the mid lane. To that, uh, I think that you can give uh, your mid laner and or your safe laner free ages early game, and the enemy might not expect it because I just didn't see that many people go for it. I'm, I'm just gonna uh, set up the game and I'm gonna give you a stream on Discord, Damn. so maybe you you want to switch uh, the scenes for that. Yeah, let me go for it. Sir, you want to buy um, Medellin? Hmm. Yeah, because but the thread is the same, I would say. Damage. Yeah, and um, so I I actually did this in, in two of my games. I uh, As soon as I hit level 6, I bought smoke and I just went here, uh, placed the board here, and I gave my millionaire a free ages. <laughs> okay, I think well played on the support part. So I think that some people can actually try to do that. Uh, I well, feel like in lower games it, it would be even easier because people don't stand to ward and don't give a fuck about supports missing the lane. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so that was pretty much everything I wanted to uh, wanted to cover. I I don't think that I forgot anything. So I'm happy that uh, we got through all of that. Same for me, man. Thank you so much for preparing for this conversation. I can tell that you did you did your homework, even though it really wasn't, let's say, necessary or or required for the interview. I really appreciate that you did that, because this was definitely the valuable conversation for me to learn. And I would say that other people who are watching either now or were doing that throughout the interview, or who will be watching either clips from this conversation or listening it or listening to it. Let's say on the Spotify, I'll figure out like what can I do to let's say get that to the viewers. I will figure out some ways. But yeah, thank you so much for doing that. Because right now I will think think about let's say the anti-mage and Luna in slightly different way. And also I feel more comfort 
I feel more confident about Agility Heroes. That, like, there is a chance to do something, because those thoughts have been clarified. Especially when I am outside of the heat of the battle, right? Because one thing is thinking after you die in the match and you are maybe slightly pissed off. The other thing is having the conversation when everyone is clear-headed and talking through the experience. So, If I would want to uh, summarize this in, let's say, five quick sentences, you know, just to make some points uh, mm -hmm. for uh, conclusion. Uh, number one, buy BKBs. They are good. Uh, second, if you are support, make stacks, but don't go straight for stacking. Uh, make sure that your carry can lane first, uh, and then you can make stacks for him just to enable him uh, faster. Um, the next thing is uh, don't be afraid to test new stuff because uh, the patch is still fairly new and you might want to discover something that just many people didn't think about. So Agreed. don't be afraid to go for uh, crazy stuff. Um, next thing, um, buy defusal and play and play heroes that don't usually buy defusals or orchids and just buy those two items because they are cheap and they are good for and they are good stat wise it's it's the same when uh, intel heroes built a uh, blade mail like two patches ago because it gave you damage for nothing and uh, the last thing is um buy early game stats uh, even even in lane if you are laning strong opponents uh, don't be afraid to buy Wand Raid Band for Anti-Mage. Don't be afraid to buy two Bracers for Tiny or stuff like that. Yeah. So just think about the game. Um, don't listen to other people. Uh, unless you know that you are playing bad, just think about the game for yourself from your point of view. Someone may be better, they may have uh, better knowledge of the game, but you are playing the game and if you only listen to what they have to say and you don't think about it, it won't really get you anywhere. So you just have to put yourself into the situation, uh, situation, ask, what can I do? What's my strongest timing? How can I win the game? Yeah. Just think about it. That's a great summary. So you just need to make the decision for yourself. You can take into the consideration, let's say what your team is saying, but you are the guy in the match who is making the decision and you can reflect on it after the game. So after the game ends, you know, you can decide for yourself it is was if it was actually a reasonable choice on your part or if let's say the recommendation from your team was the thing that you actually had to do. Michael, it was amazing. I couldn't wish for the better talk now. I'm glad I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Uh I'm gonna wish you a pleasant evening, uh, good luck in your games, and guys, don't forget, subscribe. <laughs> Getting close to the mic. Yeah, thank you so much, man. I really do appreciate everything that uh, you have done for the for the stream and for my entire production in the recent month. Because as I said, you were the top sub-giver, and I do appreciate that you made up the time to teach me some things that you have observed in the new patch. So yeah, thanks so much. And I will do my best to include, incorporate, <laughs> include those things that I've learned that we have talked about in my gameplay. So thank you, Michael. Uh, thank you as well. Thank, thanks for your time and get back to the divine with this advice. Yeah, I'll do my best. Man. Yeah, and also, 
Yeah, doing doing multi multiple things right now. The one thing is uh, the gameplay itself. Obviously, I do want to play at the divine bracket minimum for myself. That's why I'm kind of disappointed right right now about myself and my own performance. But I'm working on that, as you already see. And obviously the production. That's the other part that I'm trying to improve. And this conversation of ours with let's say the distribution that will come into the place afterwards, maybe at a weekend, I'll figure it out, is the part of it. So yeah, have a great okay. great evening. I will go for some Take matches care. and see you at some point in the future. <laughs> see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.